Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And a good afternoon. I hope everybody is doing well. We are back at it here on Listen Up. Boy, what a wild 24 hours. The trade deadline is tomorrow in the NBA. Nothing as of yet on the Kings front after yesterday's blockbuster. And uh, there's a lot of rumors involving Harrison Barnes with the Knicks. And will the Kings be able to trade Marvin Bagley? Uh, The Jazz uh, sent Joe Ingles off to the Portland Trailblazers in a three-way deal. Are the Lakers, who are playing awful, Uh, in the market for a couple of deals. And then we hear that James Harden wants to go to Philadelphia. And I've said this, and I'm going to continue to say this. I I don't understand why anyone would want James Harden. I I don't get it. I I really don't. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, there are, you know, as you would expect, the night before the trade deadline, there are a lot of rumors. And most of these rumors don't come true. Correct? Like, did you hear any rumor about Tyrese Halliburton going to Indiana for Sabonis? I mean, wasn't it just a week ago that the Athletic came out and reported that the Kings have said that they're not trading Fox or Halliburton, that they're going to build the team around those two? And then, boom, gone is Tyrese Halliburton. So, you know, what's next? What is going to happen next? Are the Lakers, okay, going to be able to make a move? What about Russell Westbrook? Would anybody want him? Okay, we talk about the Jazz and the Blazers and a three-way deal with San Antonio. What about the Pacers? You know, they said earlier today there was interest in Buddy Heald, but the Pacers apparently are not planning on trading Buddy Heald. There's been interest from other teams, according to ESPN Zach Lowe, So could that happen between now and tomorrow at the trade deadline? But it was reported that, I believe it was Brian Windhorst of ESPN, he reported that James Harden wants a trade to Philadelphia. And, you know, it's interesting because Brian Windhorst, who I have a great deal of respect for, actually said, quote, his actions over the last 10 days are basically – a threat to the Nets. He is screaming in every possible way he can. I don't want to be here. Get me out of here, just like he did in Houston. What a spoiled piece of you-know-what is James Harden. What a disgrace. Seriously, what an absolute disgrace. You know, what he did to Steven Silas in Houston, not reporting to camp on time, then out of shape, 
you know, everything else. The guy's a disgrace. I, I, I don't know why anybody would want James Harden. You know, I really don't. You know, now you got Philadelphia sitting there with Ben Simmons. And, you know, Simmons is sitting there rotting and not playing. So is there motivation for both these teams to make a move? I mean, I, I just don't get James Harden. You know, here's a guy making $40 million a year and just seems miserable all the time. Like, what's his deal? Why would you want a guy who makes that kind of money, who quit on his teammates in Houston, quit on the entire city, really just was a a, a disgraceful exit from the city of Houston. And now he basically doesn't want to play in Brooklyn anymore. That's odd because when he got traded to Brooklyn, all I heard about was how happy he was and how great it was. What a joke. Seriously. Absolutely ridiculous. I, I don't even know what else to say. It's it's really embarrassing. It really is embarrassing. James Harden, one of the best offensive players you'll ever see. One of the best players in the NBA. And that's what you got to put up with. You know, no wonder why a lot of fans are turned off by the NBA. And that's just the truth. You know, I, I don't... Can you imagine being a fan of the Brooklyn Nets and having a deal with with him and Kyrie Irving? Seriously. I mean, you got Kyrie Irving, who last year took three leaves of absence. The first one, he came back in January after the season had just begun and said, I just needed a break. What do you mean you just needed a break? I mean, it's just, you can't make these things up. You just cannot make these things up all right so the kings last night shocking that they gave up as many points as they did you know what else was shocking there's a guy that wears jersey number five De'Aaron fox yes he played and the kings lost 134 to 114 and De'Aaron fox who had missed Three weeks with a sore ankle. Managed to play 35 minutes last night. 35 minutes. Guess his ankle's feeling pretty good, huh? Had 29 points. Had the worst plus minus of all the starters of minus 17. I I, I don't know what to make of De'Aaron Fox. I said this a day ago. So Fox plays after Halliburton is gone, after Buddy Heald is gone, and again plays 35 minutes. Same two teams tonight. And when you look at the standings, anyone that thinks the Kings are still relevant in the West, is del- they're delusional. All right? New Orleans has won four in a row. They're 22 and 32. And now the Kings are tied in the loss column for the second worst record in the Western Conference with Oklahoma City. Houston is by themselves in the basement at 15 and 39. So you got New Orleans at 22 and 32. Sacramento is at 20 and 36. And in between them and New Orleans, you have Portland at 21 and 34 and San Antonio at 20 and 34. Terrible. But it looks like New Orleans is starting to get their act together a little bit. 
whereas the Kings are now a season-worst 16 games under 500. How about that? They're not going to win. They're not going to win 30 games this year, are they? Are they going to win 30 games this year? Seriously. Do you think the Kings are going to win 30 games this year? They have, what, 26 games left? No. You think the Kings are really going to go 10 and 16 and win 30 games? If they if they lose tonight, which I would expect them to, you go on the road, it's going to take a while to integrate the new players into your roster, particularly Sabonis. You play at Washington to start a road trip before the All-Star break, right? Then you go to Brooklyn, and who the hell knows what Brooklyn's going to be like then? But Brooklyn's just terrible right now. And then you go to Chicago. So you might you might be able to go and win a game in Brooklyn if their team is still in complete disarray. Then you have the All-Star break. You got a home-and-home with Denver. And then you have another road trip at Oklahoma City, at New Orleans, at San Antonio, at Dallas. And then you have another long road trip in March at Indiana, at Orlando, at Miami, at Houston, at Houston. Pretty much every game other than Miami is very winnable on that trip, regardless of what your team looks like. And then before you know it, you're in the last week of the season, Golden State at home, New Orleans at home, at the Clippers, and at Phoenix. I don't think the team... I don't see the team winning 30 games this year. I really don't. I don't see them winning 30 games. All right, let's get to uh, some phone calls on this edition of Listen Up with Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Grant. How are you? Good. What's up? Hell of a show yesterday. Thank awesome. you, buddy. Congratulations. Anyways, hey, Harden, I was looking up the stats like you are saying, but what I've noticed is they he – you know, back in Houston, as well as you know, you called his games against the Kings. He used to just drive to the hoop, get those damn friggin' uh, foul calls, you know, every damn time. How many? 10, 11, 12 times a game. Now his uh, he used to be in double digits. I looked it up. Now he's in single digits at free throw attempts. I think they've taken that away from him. Uh, no, they're uh, taking away the uh, foul shot on leaning in. He used to get to the foul line a lot when he would lean in and draw contact, and they've kind of changed the rule. That's where the foul shots have been limited for him. It's not driving to the basket as much. It's more on his offensive style of, you know, leaning in, taking a step back, then coming back into the defender. So, you know, listen, I, I will say this about James Harden. I wouldn't want him on my team but he is right. one of the most talented offensive players to ever play in the game. I mean, AJ, he right. really is. There, there's, no, no, I, there's no debating that. I, I agree. And then the, the miracle recovery of Fox. I, yeah. I guess I guess we had a Shaq-Kobe uh, incident. Uh, I want to be the star of the team and was sulking on the sideline when Halliburton became the fan favorite and uh, Fox got a little butthurt. Well, again... He he said he's got a sore ankle. I've never known anyone to miss three weeks with a sore, sore ankle. Last, it, it didn't look sore last night. I no, mean, well, you know, again, it shouldn't. It I watched, shouldn't, it, I watched it, the game. I watched well, the game. He came out on fire. It shouldn't be sore if you just took three weeks off. Right. No, I know. So, all, all right, right man. well, 
Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Have a good one. Appreciate it very much. Yeah, I'm down on Fox. I said this on yesterday's show. Why why would I not be down on De'Aaron Fox? You know, all of a sudden Halliburton is gone and Buddy Heald's gone and he plays and plays 35 minutes. Really? Yeah, you didn't play at all on the long road trip. Then the Kings come back home and you don't play. Now all of a sudden, you know, Halliburton and Heald are gone and you're like playing and, oh, you're great. You've got, you know, you play 35 minutes. I mean, it's just a bad look. I mean, it really is. It's a it's a bad, bad look. It, it's just a bad look. Could, could it be a coincidence? Mm, I guess it could be. I guess it could be a coincidence because he did practice on Monday, not knowing at all that there was going to be a trade on Tuesday. So, you know, it could have been a coincidence. But, you know, you can say, well, you know, here's the deal with this Sabonis uh, trade. And by the way, it's very interesting how many comments I've read where actually a lot of people like the deal, but there's also a, a you know a good number of people that don't. The pro- when I say the problem, I'm using this just as a to, to illustrate what I'm saying. Sabonis is not a guy, even though he's as talented as he is, that's going to win you a, a, you know more games. He's only going to win you more games if you surround him with two other really really good players, and the Kings don't have that. Fox could be that guy. I said could, but for whatever reason, he's not. But he could. And then they have to acquire one other player that is really talented. So bonus without the other talent, he's not going to really significantly change your record. He's a forward, okay? Not going to happen. You, you have to be able to put much better players around him. All right, if you want to get in on the show, hit your hand icon, raise your hand. And I'll put you right on. Again, Sabonis is unbelievably talented. But, you know, him, he's just by himself. I mean, you know, it's not all of a sudden the Kings are going to go on a large winning streak here. It's just not going to happen. Not going to happen. All right, let's move along here. We get to some more phone calls here on Listen Up with Grant Napier. And it's uh, Steve. Hello, Steve. Welcome to the show. How are you? Doing good, Grant. Uh, I agree with you. I think it's a really bad look. Um, we were just talking recently about how he, you know, Fox wasn't looking good, even when he was playing before he had his quote unquote, you know, sore ankle and stuff. And he just wasn't shooting well. We were confused. You were talking about his promise to the team and stuff like that, which he obviously wasn't fulfilling. And then all of a sudden, dude, he was, he was making, he was had like a completely different looking shot. His shot was better. He was making threes and we were just he was, uh, you know, his three-point percentage isn't that good. Right. You know, quicker moves. His game was completely different, which is great and everything. You know, that's good that he's playing good. It's the best yep. thing that we could ask for. But that does mean that he was kind of being a butthole before on purpose. And, you know, same thing like we were talking about Harden, and he's got, you know, quote-unquote tight hamstring. And they say that's an easy one to just, you know, go off the word of the player and stuff like that. And Harden's personality with trying to break the rules and stuff, you could see he's kind of a fishy – kind of personality just in how he plays the game so you can imagine how he's going to be with when it comes to you know obviously wiggling his way out of you know organizations and stuff like that but you know just I just don't want Fox to be like that but another good thing about him is I was seeing him kind of I could read his lips and he was you know saying some f-bombs and some stuff like he cared or he was pissed that he was losing he was trying really hard and I get when these guys don't have other superstars around them that they kind of are like, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing this for? I know I'm getting a lot of money, but I'm just like, 
Well, not no, not not other superstars around him. I mean, you know, De'Aaron's not even an all-star. So uh, I understand you're saying that just as a figure of speech. But, you know, now the Kings have a legitimate all-star uh, when Sabonis, you know, makes his uh, Kings debut. But I'm with you on Fox. It's just not the best look. I mean, the Kings paid him a max contract. He's making, what, $28 million this year. It's going to go up every year. They paid him to be the leader. They, played, they paid him to be this and be that. And, you know, he's mailed it in this year too often. And now all of a sudden, Halliburton's gone and Buddy Heald's gone and he comes out and looks like a new man last night. That, that's a bad look for him, in my opinion. That's a bad look for him. Yeah, the, the fact that he's even capable of playing down to a lower level or acting like he doesn't care and just not wanting to play, like you said, long road trips and stuff where we need him, that, you know, that could help our, you know, our numbers a little bit or his numbers a little yep. bit, whether we're winning or not. It just seems like the fact that he was even capable of not playing up to his potential. It seems like on purpose. It seems like he was just kind of being a butthole. Like, yeah. And again, that's uh, the word for that is unprofessional. That's what it is. Totally. Thanks, Steve. Really appreciate the phone call. Really appreciate it. And again, could it, could, could it all be a coincidence? It, It could be, but I would doubt it. I mean, we, we, we watch the games. I mean, we have eyes, we see, I mean, his performance this year, (laughs) <laughs> let's just call it the way it is. It has been largely inconsistent. He has not looked to be into it. His body language has been terrible. There are times when you just go, gee, what is going on with Fox? There are too many of his post-game press conferences that are a real bad look. I mean, I can go on and on here. But, you know, if they get if they get the De'Aaron Fox that they got last night, then all of a sudden you're like, okay, could be fun watching him and Sabonis play together. But, you know, as, th- as as soon as things start going sour again, is he going to mail it in and, you know, look like the Darren Fox that we've seen for a good portion of this year? That's the part that you, you got to be concerned with, you know, at somewhat. Damian Jones had a good game last night. That's for sure. 18 points, six rebounds. Kings are in Minnesota again tonight. You know, the T-Wolves all of a sudden, they're 29 and 15. 29 and 15, Minnesota. And again, if you're a Kings fan, we talk about this all the time. Just a short few years ago, Phoenix was the Sacramento Kings. Minnesota was the Sacramento Kings. Memphis was the Sacramento Kings. Let's just start with those three teams. Phoenix, if you're keeping score at home, is 44-10. and 10. If you remember when the Kings drafted De'Aaron Fox at five, they drafted Josh Jackson at four, bust. If you remember the following year, when the Kings drafted Marvin Bagley second, Phoenix had the number one pick in the draft, and they took DeAndre Ayton. So the Suns were the Kings only four years ago. Now they got the best record in the conference at 44-10. and 10. Memphis, okay? If you remember, they were drafting right neck and neck with the Kings for many, many years. And they got John Morant in the Marvin Bagley draft of four years ago. If you remember, they drafted Jackson at number four. Okay? Think about that for a minute. In the Marvin Bagley draft, all right, the Memphis Grizzlies. They drafted fourth. 
and they took Jaron Jackson, right? So when you look at the standings, four years ago, the Suns drafted number one, the Kings drafted number two, and Memphis drafted number four. And four years later, Phoenix is number one in the West, and Memphis is number three in the West. And the Kings, they are 13th out of 15 in the West. And then you have Minnesota. Well, they were the Sacramento Kings too. They're now 7th at 29 and 25, only one game out of the 6th spot. How about that? And then there are the Kings. Same old Kings. 20 and 36. And that's why I go back to yesterday. They have to roll the dice. Was yesterday a gamble? Of course it was. Of course it was a gamble. You take a young, talented player like Halliburton and you trade him for what is a sure thing. Sabonis is a sure thing. You know, it's not like Sabonis is going to come to Sacramento and doesn't know how to play. The guy knows how to play. He's very talented, okay? And he's probably going to continue to get better. He's 25. But it's still a, you're still rolling the dice. You're trading a young, talented guard for a proven all-star big. And so, yes, it is, it is a gamble. But if you're the Kings, you have to gamble because you're so bad and you're so lost as a franchise that you don't have any other choice. You don't have any other choice. What are you going to do, just sit around and be 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th every year? You're going to hope that you get lucky in the draft? I mean, really? That's what you're hoping for? Well, it's not a great way to have strategy to move up the rankings in a Western Conference that, again, year in, year out, looks so unbelievably difficult. All right, if you want to get in on the show today, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will put you right on if you want to talk about uh, the Super Bowl, which is coming up, or anything else going on in sports, or anything else at all. This being a Wednesday, I always like to have a open forum Wednesday, so we can do that. Uh, Roger Goodell had his uh, Super Bowl press conference today, and there were a lot of talks as it related to diversity and coaching hires. Uh, you had a, another apology from a professional athlete, this one from Jonathan Allen, the defensive tackle for the Washington Commanders, who is up for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. He uh, deleted a tweet in which he said that Adolf Hitler was one of three people living or dead with which he'd like to have dinner. The other two, Michael Jackson, all right, and his granddad. How about that trio? His granddad, Michael Jackson, and Hitler. Again, we live in a world where he's going to get destroyed for this, and we have a world of cancel culture. And he was asked to explain his since-deleted tweet, quote, he's a military genius, and I love military tactics, but honestly, I would want to pick his brain as to why he did what he did. I'm also assuming that the people I've chosen have to answer all my questions honestly. Then after he deleted his tweet later in the day, he put, earlier I tweeted something that probably hurt people, and I apologize about what I said. 
I didn't express properly what I was trying to say, and I realized it was dumb. Again, it's something, something every day. Something every single day. Uh, the NFL also said that they will oversee the investigation into their owner, Daniel Snyder, which, you know, it's hard to believe he's still the owner of the Washington Commanders. Boy, is it weird to keep on saying that? How weird is that? Seriously. Just weird and weird and weird. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we'll be going over all the NBA trades and, you know, it'll be interesting to see if between now and tomorrow, the Kings were able to move Marvin Bagley, who had another horrible game last night. I mean, I, I don't know what else. The, the, the problem is no one wants Marvin Bagley. That's the problem. It's hard to trade a guy to a team that doesn't want him. You almost think he's got to be like a throw-in. Right? I mean, did you see Bagley's numbers last night? Marvin Bagley last night. All right? I mean... I shouldn't say last night. I was talking about the last game he played. The box score in his last game that he played was terrible. You know, he's still out with an ankle. I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is the guy is just, I don't know, he looks lost out there at times. You know, I was looking at his numbers in the last game that he played, and, you know, he's missed a few with the ankle, but, I mean, his numbers – are they're just so damn inconsistent you know i think what was the i'm thinking the last game he played if, if memory serves me correct was the philly game because i know he hasn't played in february yet i think it was the philly game you know and i know in that game he played i think he played 21 minutes or 22 minutes if, i'll look it up in a minute but you know he's got six points he rebounded well you know but then on the road trip he didn't hit double figures in the last three games, right? He didn't have double figures in the last three games at all. I mean, he he, he he's just so inconsistent. I'm going to look it up right now. All right, the last game he played, Philadelphia, six points, nine rebounds in 20 minutes. I'm looking up the uh, – let me look at the Atlanta score. 22 minutes, nine points and four rebounds. The Boston game, 21 minutes, six points, six rebounds. That's unbelievable. The guy is so inconsistent. And, again, he missed last night's game again with the ankle. He's uh, officially listed questionable for tonight's game, too, with the ankle sprain. Probably got hurt getting out of the shower. I mean, I talk about a guy that gets hurt all the freaking time. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls, and it's Forrest. Forrest, it's always good having you on here on Listen App. How are you today? Good afternoon, Grant. Uh, I'm going to uh, riddle me this. When the Kings drafted Marvin Bagley and De'Aaron Fox, you know, not sticking up for management, but they were the safe picks, were they not? Well, a lot of people wanted Luka Doncic taken at number two. Uh, but, you know, Luka was not drafted first. Phoenix took DeAndre Ayton. The Kings took Bagley. I mean, in hindsight, you know, Phoenix would have taken uh, Luka Doncic, number one, if they could go back and do it all over again. But, you know, oh, I was yeah. on Mar – I thought the Kings made a good pick with Bagley. I was wrong. I thought he was going to be an all-star caliber player. Uh, now, the, the, the draft before that, everyone, 
everyone had Fox going at number five once Phoenix took Josh Jackson. There was nobody that thought the Kings should not have taken Fox. Everyone knew that they were going to take Fox at number five, and people thought when they got him at number five that they got an absolute steal in the draft. Yeah, exactly, and they and then the Lakers took uh, uh, Lonzo Ball. Yeah, number two, and it's like, oh man, we should have taken Fox. But um, anyway, so you 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 know you just can't you can't tell on these people. Nope. On, on some things, um, at least with those two players, their their play on the court um, proved out. You know, they Bagley had some obviously he's got some weaknesses and things, but uh, Fox has kind of plateaued a little bit on his on his level, but. Um, you know, earlier we're talking about James Harden and, um, it just amazes me that these smart people in management can't look at their social media, everybody. I I know when I get applications for a a job, I don't even look at the application when, when people give it to me, I tell them, I'm not going to look at this piece of paper. I'm going to look at your social media. That'll tell me who you are. Yep. And, and we could see James Harden after a playoff loss, he's back in a, in a strip club in Las Vegas within two yep. hours. I know. And it's, yep. and, and, and it's completely accepted around the league. If that's your thing, that's okay. But if, if that's a, you're okay with that, you've got to accept the repercussions. That tells a lot about where you are mentally and how, what you think about women, what you think about society, what you think about your finances that you're just going in there throwing money left and right. And then, well, the you, know, you know, I, I don't know if I would agree with you there. He makes $40 million a year. All right. So I, I, I wouldn't throw the finances into that equation, into that equation. Well, he makes 40 million and he's allowed to, you know, get a hop on a private jet and go to Vegas and throw, you know, hundreds of yeah. thousands of dollars away on, you know, his, his hobby. And, and you um, know what this, but, but here's the other part of that had the Rockets won. Okay. And had he not, melted in the biggest of games, which he has done on numerous occasions in his career and had brought a championship to Houston. Nobody would care what the hell he was doing in Vegas, but I understand your point. I understand your point. Yeah. And I, I know it's a, it's a, it's pretty tough to, to judge somebody by that, but I, I've got a feeling that his mental toughness just isn't there. And when it gets tough, he tends to fold. And that's, you know, that's kind of fits in line with his Myers Briggs personality and doing that, and then that kind of reminds me of the Ben Simmons thing. It's funny that those two are wanting out and they're pouting yep. and things. I remember at LSU, Ben Simmons, they asked him about going to class and things, and he said, "I'm not dumb. I'm dumb. I'm not going class. I don't need an education. I'm here to, you know, basketball. That's going to yep. be my career." And I just remember thinking, you know, listening to NPR and a program called How I Built This. Have you ever heard that? I have not. No. Okay, it talks about to all of the entrepreneurs and businesses that we all go to and use and how they've they've built their business. And almost 90% of those people in college met somebody who was really good at finance or really good at something else. And Ben Simmons had all these smart people at LSU and he's going to class may not be you know his uh, main objective, but by going to class, Ben, you're going to learn about things on how to how to create a, a, a brand for yourself, how to go in front of a press conference and rule the press conference and not sound like an idiot. And, you know, you're going to meet somebody who's a genius with finance and who's going to turn your $40 million a year contract into $100 billion like LeBron James did. Yeah, well, in, in, in my opinion, and I don't know Ben Simmons, I've never met him before, I've never talked to him, but instead of a financial uh 
advisor or a financial confidant, uh, I think he needs a psychiatrist more than he needs a financial advisor. But that's just me looking from the outside. Exactly, and it's understandable too because you know when I, you know when I was nineteen, geez, I was getting nervous going on a first date. And like, you know, I'm I'm tapioca pudding and cottage cheese trying to be all cool and suave. I can't imagine being a millionaire. <laughs> That's very funny. All right, Forrest, have a good one. Right. Take Thanks, it easy. Trent. <laughs> oh my gosh. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, the, rea- the reality is, you know, the the lifestyles of professional athletes now, the vast majority of us cannot identify with. I personally, uh, I'm a little different than Forrest. I don't really care if a guy gets on his private jet and goes to Las Vegas and goes to strip clubs. I don't really care. I mean, if he delivers on the floor and does his job, I don't really care what he does in his off time as long as he's not breaking the law. I mean, that, that that's... You know, he's not, he's not doing anything illegal by getting on a private jet and going to a strip club and spending a ton of money. I mean, he's not breaking the law. It's just that's what he likes to do. I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is him quitting on his teammates, his first-year head coach, and the city of Houston. I have a problem with that. I have a problem with the fact that, you know, in the biggest of games, elimination games, you know, he wets his pants, okay? You know, you look at game six and game seven, against the Golden State Warriors when the Rockets had a three games to two lead and Harden couldn't put the ball in the ocean, all right? I mean, I can go on and on and on. That's what I would have a problem with, okay? I have a problem with James Harden uh, acting the way he does whenever he's unhappy. Now, apparently unhappy in Brooklyn and, you know, is not playing and is creating a scene and is sending a message to Brooklyn. And now he's, you know, according to Brian Windhorst, wants to leave and wants to go to Philadelphia and, you know, the guy makes $40 million a year. You would think, you would think that that's good enough. You would think that that would be enough for James Harden to be a team guy. But nope, 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 nope. And the question is, between now and tomorrow, will the Brooklyn Nets cave, and cave is the word I will use, and move James Harden, who, by the way, is missing his fourth consecutive game. Uh, It has already been announced. He will not play tomorrow when Brooklyn is playing Washington. Now, Nash has said that they're not trading Harden before the deadline tomorrow afternoon. But they've lost nine straight games. Harden has missed three games with hamstring tightness. Of course, we know he had a hamstring issue last year. I think it was at the end of the regular season and into the playoffs. Now, boy, if you're Steve Nash, why would you not trade? I'll tell you right now, as much as I would not want Ben Simmons on my team, I, I really wouldn't. But I'd do anything to get rid of James Harden. I, I really would. And here's the other deal. If, if Kyrie Irving is ever going to be able to play in the home games 
And when Durant is healthy, you know, all of a sudden you have Ben Simmons who can take out your other team's best scorer, neutralize him. That's not a bad fit for Brooklyn. You know, you, 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 he doesn't need the ball. Harden absolutely has to have the ball to be effective. I mean, I, I could actually see that being a fit as much as I hate to give any props to Ben Simmons with the way he's acted and the way he's handled himself. I mean, how bad has he been? Seriously. Terrible. I mean, so it's pretty sad that we have to talk about two all-stars the way we're talking about James Harden and Ben Simmons. Malcontents. Seriously. Spoiled. Just, and and again, a league that enables that to happen. I mean, how many guys have we seen say, I don't want to be here anymore, and they force their way out? Anthony Davis in New Orleans, right? And there have been many other players. And again, Brian Windhorst of ESPN, who's dialed in, has said that the trade talks between Philadelphia and Brooklyn are, quote, absolutely happening. Doesn't say the trade is absolutely happening, but he says they are absolutely speaking about that deal. Now, if you're the Kings, and we have heard about the Knicks, and the Knicks, who were fourth last year in the Eastern Conference, well, they're not fourth this year in the Eastern Conference. They are out of the playoffs currently in 12th place. And Tom Thibodeau loves Harrison Barnes. Be interesting to see if that deal could materialize somehow. Be great if you can move Harrison Barnes. It would be great. Alfred, hello, Al. How are you today? Hey, Al. You with me, Al? Can you hear me okay? Yep, got you, Al. Go ahead. Sorry about that. Hey, would it be such a bad thing that they that they weren't able to move Barnes? I mean, wouldn't he still fit with, uh, like, with, uh, with, um, with the bonus? Sabonis? Yeah. You know, I just think with his salary, uh, I think he could be coveted around the league. Again, I just think the Kings need new pieces. They need to try different players that it just has not right. worked. And, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Harrison Barnes. He doesn't do anything yeah. great, but he does a lot of things well. Yeah. You know, he's a pretty right. good, solid player, you know. Mm-hmm. But but I still think I if I could move him, I, I would move him. Right. I really would. He's not, I guess he's not going to get you to the next level is what, what you're kind of – well. And, you know, he he's a guy that has to be with other really good players. I mean, he showed that when he right. won a championship with Golden State. He showed that on the right. Olympic team. I mean, when he is with other really good players, he fits in perfectly. But he's not a guy that can do it by himself. He needs to be surrounded by good players. And he's he, obviously that's not the case in Sacramento. Right. And that's a lot. Sometimes you got to look at the team, the, the scheme, the coaching staff, but they got a plan in place. It's got to all fall, fall together. But I also want to comment, I'm, I'm with you on, on Brian Flores. I mean, you know, his disparaging, coming out and say, you know, they only hired Lovey Smith. I appreciate your comments to Coach Smith because he came into the, you know, the Rams in 2000, the year after they won the Super Bowl. Their defense lost a lot of guys to free agency, and it was terrible. This was March's first year as a head coach because Vermeil had retired. So March goes out and hires Lovey for 2001, 
And that team, you know, everybody talks about the greatest show on turf. Lovey Smith was a, was a catalyst in turning the defense, which had yep. fallen off the, off the planet. They were like in a bottom 10. They were awful. And Lovey Smith got him up to number three overall. You don't well, think hey, about that. I did a show but, yesterday with Sean Salisbury, and Sean had Brian Urlacher on his radio show yesterday in Houston. And he spoke uh, very highly of Lovey Smith, talked about how much he loved playing for him, what a tremendous coach he was. Yeah. You know, and Brian Urlacher's in the Hall of Fame. You know, and I appreciate it. So I really, as a Rams fan, like he, he came in and, and then they went back to the Super Bowl loss in the Patriots, but he turned that defense around. They went out and got an E.S. Williams as a free agent, and, you know, they made a couple good draft picks. But I really, and I loved your comments, especially like he's trying to compare his resume to, to Lovey. Lovey's been in the, in the league for decades, man. He started with Tony Dungy. And, you know, so I, I, I appreciate your comments, and I just want to lend my two cents. And I lost a lot of – a lot of respect, too, for Flores with those comments. It sounded like sour yeah. grapes. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, again, and for those that are not familiar with what we're talking about, the attorney for uh, Brian Flores put out a statement on Monday that said this, quote, Mr. Flores is happy to hear that the Texans have hired a black head coach, Levy Smith, as Mr. Flores' goal is bringing his cases to provide real opportunities for black and minority candidates to be considered for coaching and executive positions within the NFL. However, we would be remiss not to mention that Mr. Flores was one of three finalists for the Texans head coach position. And after a great interview and mutual interest, it is obvious that the only reason Mr. Flores was not selected was his decision to stand up against racial inequality across the NFL. That is an absolute horrendous statement. It is an embarrassing statement. It makes Brian Flores look really, really bad. And a lot of people like myself have lost a lot of respect over him for the way he's handled this. His lawsuit is one thing, but to come out and make a comment like that, his comment about the New York Giants is seeming to backfire on him. The comment yeah. about the Denver Broncos coaching uh, situation and John Elway appears to have backfired on him. This yeah. may not be – Brian Flores may look back at this and say this lawsuit was the worst thing that he's ever done in his life. Now, <clears throat> con no, wait a minute. Now, conversely, you know, if the NFL does indeed implement new real changes that help out minority hiring in the NFL, then maybe Brian Flores will say, hey, you know what? I was the sacrificial lamb. I was the one that had to do it, and I sacrificed my career for the betterment of the league. He could look at it that way. But he, he's not, as far as a head football coach candidate, he is not doing himself any favors at all. And I will tell you, I live in Miami, and there have been some stories down here in Miami that have been published in the local papers that after Thanksgiving, he didn't even talk to his assistant coaches, and there was a real rift. And, you know, that's the main reason why he was let go here. So, you know, I'm not really sure what to deal with Brian Flores is, but that yeah. statement, that statement by his attorney, Okay, basically throwing dirt in the face of a very well-respected coach in Lovey Smith and making it seem like the only reason why you did not get the job is because you stood up for racial inequality across the NFL is a bad, bad, bad look for Brian Flores. Bad look. I totally agree. Thanks for taking my call. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Appreciate it. I mean, there's no other way to say it. And guess what? I'm not the only one that's saying this. He's getting killed by a lot of other members of the media, as he should. As he should. It's a bad look for Brian Flores. And again, I've never met Brian Flores. I haven't heard anything bad about Brian Flores. I mean, he's a very good football coach. But, I mean, really? That, that's, what, that's what we're dealing with now? You're, you're, you're now going to criticize 
the Houston Texans because they hired Levy Smith instead of you, and you're making it very well known that the only reason why Levy Smith got the job is because you filed a lawsuit against the NFL. How about that? How about that? I, 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 that's bad news. That is really, really, really bad news. I don't know how else to say it. I don't know how else to say it. That's just, that's horrible. It really is. And I don't know where this thing is going to end up. And I'm not an attorney, okay? I'm not an attorney. But I don't think, I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to prevail in his lawsuit. Now, I know it's a class action lawsuit, but again, I, it, it doesn't seem to me he's got a very good case. You know, that's for sure. That's for sure. You know, I, I, Sean Salisbury said that had the lawsuit not been filed, that McCown would have gotten the job, which I thought was very interesting. So who knows? We'll never find out because, you know, Lovey Smith, Lovey Smith is the guy. But Sean said that Josh McCown would have been the head coach of the Houston Texans. All right? Had Brian Flores not filed that lawsuit, Sean is convinced, and Sean works in Houston, he is convinced that McCown would have been the head coach and not Brian Flores. So that's interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. All right, hey, if you want to get in on the program today, all you got to do is uh, raise your hand, hit your hand icon. By the way, I'm going to just talk about this for 30 seconds I want to thank those of you who reached out to me last week as it relates to Superdraft. And we have had a couple of people join our team. If you're new and you want any information, this is a great way to have fun and make some money. Just go to grant.winthistime.com. Grant.winthistime.com. It's a short video. I'll be notified that you watch the video. We can communicate. I can help you. I can walk you through it. Uh, we've already had a couple of our listeners here on Listen App. Uh, join up, and uh, it, it's a great way to increase your revenue stream, and it's fun. I never thought I'd be, you know, playing these games every day. And, again, I play the free games, uh, and it's great. I've had a couple people on my team that were having a blast. We're having a great time. So, again, I just wanted to throw that out there. If you're new, go to uh, just check it out, grant.winthistime.com. Com. All right, again, if you want to get in on the show, all you got to do is hit your hand icon. Games tonight, uh, the Kings at 20 and 36 taking on Minnesota. That game is the last home game before the All-Star break. Kings will hit the road for three. The Lakers are in Portland. You have Golden State at Utah. Oklahoma City hosts Toronto. Chicago is in Charlotte. And the Spurs are in Cleveland. By the way, back to Harrison Barnes for a minute. I mean, the guy statistically is having a very good year. I mean, he's averaging 17 points a game this year. He's shooting 45%. He's shooting very well from three at 40%. Six rebounds. He's a smart player with a very high basketball IQ. He's actually got a very high IQ, period, but it also translates onto the floor. Harrison's actually one of the smartest human beings I've ever met, uh, so it doesn't surprise me that his basketball IQ is through the roof, too. But, you know, he's a very solid player. He's a solid player. 
And if you could go out and get, you know, a different look, you know, a different style of player, then maybe you go out and do that. But he, the guy's a, the guy's a big time pro. You know, he really is. He's a big time pro. And his, again, his three point shooting this year has been good. He's a very good free throw shooter. You know, at eighty two percent, and I don't see the Knicks as a good fit for him. He needs to be on a team with good players. And the Knicks are terrible this year. You know, if I'm, you know, to me, a Harrison Barnes is a guy that if you can fit him on a team that already has two All-Stars or an All-Star and another really good player, then Harrison Barnes is a really good fit. Like a Harrison Barnes could help out a lot of teams in this league. He really could. I mean, the guy is, and he does not mind fitting in. He doesn't mind his role. You know, he's a team guy. He really wants to win. Uh, I, I, I don't have enough superlatives when I talk about Harrison Barnes. I'm a big fan of his, and I have been. And, you know, I was before he got to Sacramento and then getting to know him and talking to him and finding how he goes about his work. Um, really love the guy. All right, NFL, other news, and I don't know why. I, I really don't. I, I don't understand the National Football League going over to play a game in Munich, Germany. Uh, help me out here, would you please? So next year, the NFL is going to have a regular season game in Munich. And then there will be five, total five games played internationally next season, London, Mexico, and Germany. I, I don't understand it. I really don't. I don't understand it. And then the league said they're going to go to Munich again in 2024. They're going to go to Frankfurt in 23 and 25. That's great. Go play your games in Munich and Frankfurt. That's just great. Yeah, take your home games out of your market. Out of your Take one of your eight games and move them right out of your market. Or in some cases, nine games. That's great. I, I don't understand it. I really don't. I, I, I understand baseball. I understand hockey. I understand basketball. I do not. Do not understand the National Football League going over there. I guess 18 teams had been granted access for marketing over in Germany. Uh, well, I should say uh, uh, internationally. And then four teams were granted access to Germany. Carolina, Kansas City, New England, and Tampa. So there you go. So I guess one of those, maybe two of those teams are going to be playing in Munich next year. Good. Have fun. I, I don't understand it. I really don't. So going to be in London, Mexico, and Germany. Move the game out of the United States. That's great. Yep. Great job. Have the game start at 6 in the morning. Take your game out of the home market and move it over to Munich and Frankfurt. There you go. Have some beer and some Wiener Schnitzel when you're over there. You know, if you're in Munich, make sure you go to the Lohenbrau Brewery. Players will love that. Absolutely. I love Munich. What a great city. I love Frankfurt, too. I love Germany, actually. Fabulous country. But I don't know about the NFL playing over there. I really don't. I don't understand that. It's 
I, I just can you imagine being a season ticket holder or being a team? You go to games and you're losing a game because they're gonna go play in Frankfurt. I mean, come on. Really? Like the National Football League is popular over in Germany? Really? That's interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. All right, hey, if you want to get in on the show today, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it open for on Wednesday. If you want to talk about anything else other than sports, I'm happy to do that as well. Uh, back with you tomorrow and Friday. We'll do at the same time, 6 o'clock Eastern and 3 o'clock Pacific. Uh, the next uh, Tomorrow we'll be doing more NBA trade deadline because there will probably be some more moves between now and when I go on the show. And then on Friday, uh, we'll start getting into the uh, Super Bowl. And I think this is probably going to be one of the lowest rated Super Bowls in a long time. Uh, hopefully, we get a really close game which will hold the numbers. Uh, but who do you like in this game? You know, I know Cincinnati's the underdog, and they've been the underdog all year. I mean, but, I mean, what what is there not to like about Joe Burrow? What is there not to like about Burrow? I mean, the guy is just, does he look like somebody that's in his second year? And you look at Cincinnati, and, you know, they got annihilated, against Tennessee with their offensive line, nine sacks, but they still found a way to win the game. And then they go into Kansas City and win the game. And now here they are playing another game in which a lot of people don't think they can win. I think they can win. I really do. Actually, I'm picking them to win. I'm picking them to win because I want them to win. I'm rooting for them. I, I like rooting for the underdog when I don't have a rooting interest. So... Why not, right? Why not? I mean, they're not supposed to be here anyway. They're playing with house money, are they not? Did anybody expect the Cincinnati Bengals to be playing in the Super Bowl? Raise your hand if you thought the Bengals at the beginning of the year were going to the Super Bowl. I wonder what the odds were for them to win the Super Bowl before the season started. I wonder what you could have gotten for a buck. Right? But you'd be a hell of a payoff. Uh, kickoff at 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific on NBC. Be interesting to see if it's Al Michaels' last game on NBC as his contract is up. And I didn't realize Al Michaels was 77. Did you realize Al Michaels was 77? I did not know that. I did not know that. Uh, so the odds, you know, the Rams are given four and a half and the over under, which opened up at 49 and a half now is at 48 and a half. So you're over under at 48 and a half. Would you take the four and a half or give the four and a half? What do you think? What are you doing with that line? And what about the over-under? You think there's going to be a lot of points scored, don't you? Or do you think it's more of a, you know, a, we know the Rams defense. You know, the Bengals defense, boy, i got to tell you, they've been very impressive. I mean, look what they did to Kansas City in the second half of the AFC championship game. That was impressive. I mean, you talk about what they did to Mahomes and that offense, shutting it down. Wow. 
So, you know, the Rams are pretty much the consensus favorite. But do you think an underdog, would you take the four and a half? Would you take the four and a half? And then what about the prop bets? You know, there's so many prop bets, right? I mean, you can bet on the color of the Gatorade that's going to be poured on the winning coach. You realize that, right? You can bet on whether a kick is going to hit the upright. You can obviously bet on the coin toss. You can bet on the jersey number of the player to score the first touchdown. Right? I mean, you can pretty much bet on anything. The length of the national anthem, I think you can bet on. Crazy, isn't it? So, I read somewhere that betting is supposed to increase by 78% from last year, which is hard for me to believe. The, they said that 35% more people plan to bet on the game in total, and experts predict over 31 million Americans, you ready for this number, will bet more than 7.6 billion dollars on Sunday's game. Think about that for a minute. 31 million over 7 and a half billion dollars. Does that just seem even possible? Does that seem possible that 31 million Americans are going to bet over 7 and a half billion dollars. How about that? Pretty impressive, huh? The numbers? It's crazy. Would you, are you So I guess that means that most of you that are listening right now are betting on the Super Bowl. You're going to make up part of that 31 million. And so tomorrow and Friday, particularly on Friday, I want to know where you would put your money on. Would you put your money on the Rams giving four and a half, or would you take the Bengals getting four and a half? And what about the over-under, which has now dropped to 48 and a half? We'll talk about that as well coming up on Friday's show, leading you in to the weekend. And by then, we'll know, you know, what happened in the NBA trade deadline. Will Marvin Bagley still be on the Kings? Will Harrison Barnes still be on the Kings? Will they be able to make another move? What about Buddy Heald? You know, there are teams out there that have interest in Buddy. Would Indiana move him before he can make his Indiana Pacers debut? Again, the game's tonight. Kings are at home against Minnesota. Portland and the Lakers. Utah hosts Golden State. Toronto at OKC. Chicago and Charlotte. San Antonio is in Cleveland. All right. Looks like Forrest wants to get back and add something. All right, Forrest. I'll let you get on for the second time. Go ahead. <laughs> Who's counting? You're not yeah, supposed to be counting. I'm uh, counting. Just the uh, the betting thing. I know. Just a side point on that is that uh, you know that a large majority of it is is going to be the uh, you know office pools where the entire office bets, even though yes. these aren't betting people. You know, they just oh yeah, here's two dollars. Put me on like this. Square the, the square. The squares. I'll put ten bucks on this square. Yeah, I got you. I understand. Right. Yeah, and then uh, the the question I wanted to ask you earlier when I forgot was, uh, so did you prepare today? You were talking yesterday about a bathroom break and a beverage, and uh, yeah, so have you, did you have you got a yeah, buffet with you? Yeah, I'm all prepared. I knew that today's show wasn't <laughs> going to go three hours, so I was I'm all good for today, and uh, I wasn't worried about it. But now, when there's a big breaking story like yesterday, I now know to be prepared that I'm all ready to roll. 
Yeah, I was listening today, and I thought I might hear an echo, like you were in the bathroom at some point. So <laughs> no, it's all, all right. Uh, all right, thanks. All right, see you. But yeah. he's right about the office pools and everything, and the squares, the Super Bowl parties. I mean, if you go to a Super Bowl party, have you ever been to a Super Bowl party where there's not some form of betting going on? You know, like the squares. You put, you know, either ten bucks or twenty bucks on a square with the numbers, you know, zero through what is it, nine, and right. That's what. That's how you do it. And then they you put you you put in the squares, you put your you put your initials in there, and at the end of the quarter, the half, the third quarter, the fourth quarter. I mean, really, isn't there always some form of gambling at every Super Bowl party you've been to? So he's probably right. That probably does make up part of the uh, thirty-one or whatever million. I can't even remember the numbers, but over seven and a half billion dollars. Seven and a half billion dollars. Seven and a half billion dollars bet on the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. And then it goes back to what I said about the integrity of the game and the accusations that Brian Flores made about Stephen Ross of Miami getting paid $100,000 to lose. And yeah, that's not the Super Bowl, but I guarantee a lot of people were betting on the Dolphin games back then in the NFL, parlays and everything else. That goes right to the integrity of the game, which is a horrible, horrible look for the National Football League and the casinos, too, and the sports books. I mean, it goes right to the integrity of the league. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. going to be very interesting to see what that investigation unfolds as it pertains to the class action lawsuit filed by Brian Flores. So, again, tomorrow, NBA trade deadline will be in the books. We'll break it all down. We'll start talking Super Bowl. And then on Friday, we will talk a lot about the Super Bowl. We'll get your lock. Tell me what your, your picks are. Your give me, give me something odd that no one's really talking about. I've got one for you. All right, you ready for this? Don't laugh when I tell you this. When you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, right? And you look at what they have done and how they have gotten here. And you look at who has been among the real stars on that team. Evan McPherson, right? He's been perfect in the playoffs. If you told me, think outside the box, And give me a guy that could be the MVP of the Super Bowl. I'm going to say Evan McPherson. I wonder what the odds are for that. But it's never happened before. It's always going to the quarterback, or you know it and I know it. But could you imagine if this guy were to kick, let's say, four or five, including the game winner from like 56 yards? That scenario. Could you see him being the MVP of the Super Bowl, because the guy has been money. 
absolute money. Big time money. Big time. Just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. Everyone wants to talk about the quarterbacks. Why not? Everything else is why not in this world. Why not Evan McPherson winning the MVP of the Super Bowl? All right, we'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to wrap it up. We got an hour in the books. Appreciate everybody listening. Uh, NBA trade deadline show tomorrow. If the Kings make another move, I might even come on earlier. You'll be notified. And then on Friday, we'll talk a lot about the game on Sunday. All right? Hey, thank you very much. Well, you know what? Tell you what. Before I go, I'm going to put John on because John is just – I don't want John to, like, get upset and crash his bike because he couldn't get on with me. John, what's going on? Grant, thanks for taking my call again. I got to tell you, I'm also going with the Bengals. Same thing as you. You know, I'm NFC East. I've got no dog in the fight. But I like just saying Cincinnati. You know what I mean? Cincinnati. So you're going with Cincinnati. All right. You're going to bet your helmet on it? (laughs) No helmet whatsoever. Another thing, Grant, I got to thank you. You are revolutionizing the podcast industry, letting people call in. I I just had to call and uh, thank you for everything you're doing again, man. It's great to be hearing your voice at three again every day. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. You be well. Stay safe. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. All right. Got to get John in there, you know. And then, you know, I'm going to stay on as long as we got calls. I always tell you that. So we're going to get to some more phone calls right now. And we get to Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good, Jeff. What's up? So I've got two quick things for you. I, I get off work at five. And so as soon as I get off, I jump on. And if you're getting off, I'm, I'm going to jump on real quick and at least say a few words. Yeah, sure. Um, so I did just read Jeremy Giampi died today. Oh, wow. It's age 47. Wow. How did he die? I did not see that. Didn't see Passon. Jeff Passon over at ESPN just posted it on Twitter. So there's I did not see that. 19 oh my minutes ago. So it just wow. happened. But wow. I figured I, I'd mention it. I, wow. Former A, I know you probably have a few A's fans sitting in here listening to you. And uh, man, wow. 47 years old, it's always one of those moments where. I, I'm, not, ah. I'm, now, I'm now looking at it. You're right. It's breaking news, as you said, in the last few minutes. Wow. Wow. How about that? Um, He died at his parents' home. Uh, Other details surrounding his death were not immediately available. Man. Well, you know, I'm sorry. And thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Yep. Uh, Have a good one. Uh, Wow. You know, Jeremy Giambi, Jason Giambi, you know, he played uh, six years. It was in that, that, that very famous play that Derek Jeter made in the playoffs. You know, against the A's, where Giambi was tagged out at the plate, and, wow, 47. Man, what a way to end the show. But I appreciate the news, because it is newsworthy, especially uh, for a lot of us listening in Northern California. Uh, And his years with the Oakland A's, man. And again, they said he was at his parents' house. You know, he played in Oakland. In 2000, 2001, and then he was back there for 42 games in 2002. So a total of three years with the A's, two years with Kansas City, one year with Philly, uh, and one year with Boston. So that is very sad news. 47, Jeremy Giambi. Wow. Prayers out to uh, his family and 
uh, everyone else that uh, was uh, in his life. Hmm. All right. Uh, as I said, we're going to do it tomorrow, 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock Eastern. And uh, we probably will have a lot of news tomorrow, again, on the NBA trade front. Really appreciate everyone's support. You're all awesome. And I can't thank you enough. Make it a good one. We'll With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.